0: You're listening to the Next Generation Gym Owners People and Profits Podcast, where we focus on taking your passion and turning it into your profits. Join us for interviews with business experts, industry influencers, and more. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Next Generation Cheer and Gymnastics Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about how to handle a bad competition weekend. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've gone over to NG Cheer and Gymnastics Owners on Facebook. You've headed over to NextGenOwners.com, uh, checked out our website, joined our mailing list, so you're getting all of our blogs from Danielle. She puts out some really amazing stuff. And last but not least, you have registered for conference, and I'm going to talk about it again, people. I know you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it, but that's because I want you to come. So. Uh, I am just getting back. If you listen to the last episode from Las Vegas, it was a competition weekend, and it was my World's Team's first World's Bid event. Uh, we competed the weekend before, had a rough day one and a better day two, and uh, we practiced really hard this week. They've they've been practicing essentially nonstop, had one day off, um, and then I practiced every other day. And we're coming back from Vegas with kind of a disappointing weekend. Now, we didn't expect to go and necessarily get a bit. We hoped we would be in contention for one, uh, but we knew we had to hit two really good routines in order to do that. And unfortunately, we did not. We had deductions on both days, uh, a couple drops on day one, and less drops on day two, but still a drop, and uh, some touchdowns that negatively impacted our score. And overall, just a rough weekend. Um, didn't quite score the way we thought we should have on the score sheet uh, due to some miscommunication and some misunderstanding on our end uh, that was actually corrected from day one to day two. um, And it just left the weekend feeling crummy. Um, On top of that, uh, there was some kids uh, that were causing drama uh, and just some issues throughout the weekend that were abnormal. And it was just not it was not the best weekend. Uh, and certainly disappointing. Uh, you know, we wanted to be in the running for a bit and we, we probably could have been. If we had hit good routines, uh, we could have been in that mix, but not without good hits. And we knew that going into it. Um, so leaving the weekend, and, and I've already started this process, but I wanted to talk about the strategies that I use as a gym owner and as a coach to really set teams up for success and recover from and handle a bad competition weekend because the reality is you're probably going to happen to have someone have this happen at one point in time like you're going to have a bad competition weekend it's not going to be perfect and that is just kind of an inevitability of sport uh no one is perfect all the time as much as we want to be and our sport is a sport that Uh, really breeds a focus on perfection. And it is is important to understand that that is just a part of the game, both in gymnastics and in cheer, that people just kind of expect perfect execution. They expect perfection at all times, and that is not really uh, a human trait. So how do you handle that? Well, as usual, I'm going to give you three kind of things that I use to approach it and talk you through kind of what I've already been doing. So number one is reframe, reorient, and give a plan to your athletes. Number two is to find good things from a bad experience. And number three is focus on culture, execution, and investment when you return. So when I'm talking about reframe, reorient, and give a plan to your athletes, I have, this has already happened for me. And what it was, was we on, Prior to awards, I met with the team and I said, look, at the end of the day, we're, we're not moving up in placement. I haven't seen any of the scores, but I know we didn't move. We were in last place yesterday. We would have been in fourth place with our raw, but we didn't get our raw and we didn't do that much better today. And I had to let them know that we lost a point in our stunt difficulty, which made it so we actually scored lower than we did the day before with more deductions. and Uh, I kind of explained that situation, and I I owned my portion of it. I said, look, this is on me as your coach. I didn't understand the score sheet correctly on this matter, and I was actually informed incorrectly the weekend prior. We had performed very similarly um, in terms of the routine. There was a drop in the same area last week, and I had kind of uh, assumed that it was correct when we got the same uh, stunt difficulty score the next or the first day at American, I I was under the assumption that my understanding of how it was assessed was correct and came to find out that they corrected it on day two. They pointed out where and how it is that the score sheet makes it that way. Um, I They're right. I'm not going to sit here and say that they're wrong. I do think I was, and I told them, I said, I was told the opposite last weekend, but I'm hearing this from the, the people like The the top people um, who handle scoring were there and they said, no, that's actually incorrect and this is how it is. And so I owned that. I said, look, this is on me as your coach. Like I misinterpreted, I did not understand and I did not get enough verification from the right people ahead of time to set us up for success. So that part is on me. Now, granted, if we had hit our routine, we would have scored correctly. But because we had the drop, we did not get credit for the skill. And I told them that too. I said, look, we, we had a drop. We didn't get credit for the skill. And I thought these additional skills we did hedged our bets and they don't, they don't matter at all. And so that was, I was owning my portion of it. I was making sure they understood that they still owned a portion of it as well. And then I went to uh, the, so I reframed kind of the, the weekend and I said, look, this is not about, uh, this is not about just this weekend and this score sheet. We knew coming into it that, we were not gonna be absolutely crushing life. We aren't, like we are, this was a weekend where of the 18 Worlds teams, 15 of them their programs or their teams have either won worlds or placed in the top 3 at worlds in the last 2 years. So these are all really really good programs and so to go up against those and even be in contention and be competitive is is an awesome thing. And although we weren't as competitive as we want to be, we were still competitive and would have been with a hit. And so that tells I'm like, you know, it tells us we're on the right track but we got to execute better. Additionally in my reframing I had a conversation with them about, look, everyone is thinking, they have an image in their mind of what dream is and how good a dream is. And I go, but what you're remembering is worlds of last year and worlds the year before and worlds the year before that. You're remembering the end product and what you're not remembering is the journey to get there. And so I actually told them their scores from the year prior which were lower than their scores were this year. Now, most of my team was not on the team last year. I only have four veterans from that team of uh, like 16 people. And this year I have 15 people. So only four were on the team last year. And so it's a lot of new people. So I had to reframe it for them and say, look, you may feel like we're, Failing and we're on a bad path, but we're not I need you to trust that I'm capable of if you trust in me And we work hard of getting you to where we want to be by the time we get to the end of season But it is a journey. It's a marathon and it's not a sprint. So that was my reframing And then reorienting was letting them know kind of where we needed to focus and that that that's kind of a reframe and reorient in Reorienting to it's not just about this weekend. It's about the long term and also letting them know what my main expectations were moving forward. And one of those had to do with character and reorienting on our gym values and our team value, which is our our initialism we have for the team, which is a top secret thing we don't share with anyone, um, but the letters are OTOL, it's on our uniform, and it's a really, really big deal. And reframing them and reorienting them to that as being a, a centerpiece and a focus. and talking through some of the the side drama and the side issues that had come up throughout the weekend and letting them know in no uncertain terms that those didn't that didn't align with our core values in the gym and it needed to be done and Obviously, the advantage of being in Vegas is I get to say the things like, you know their phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? All that drama, it stays in Vegas. We're done, we're moving on. If you've said something about someone that you shouldn't have, I need you to go seek that person out and make an apology. Uh, and we actually had some kids go and apologize to teammates about, you know, maybe they weren't as supportive as they could have been. Of course, they're kids, and so they minimize, and they don't want to acknowledge, well, that they said something badly. But it, it was a really good kind of reset point for our athletes. And then lastly is give a plan to your athletes. Let them know what you're going to do moving forward. Now, we I was a little bit of a crazy coach at this moment, and we, there was an open practice area, which i totally forgotten about because I would have used it before, uh, but there was an open mat area, and I was like, hey, guess what? We're going to awards. We're going to accept our last place uh, in our division banner, and then we're immediately going next door, and we are going to practice. And we are going to, I told you guys to get ready for extra practices. They start right now we're gonna stunt a little bit, and we're going to get a plan moving forward of what we're gonna hit the ground running with when we come back to the gym on Tuesday. And what this allowed us to do is build some stunts, try some things out, leave on a note where the athletes are feeling like, okay, coach has a plan, coach knows what he's doing and how he's gonna fix the issues, and now we know what we're getting into when we come back to the gym. And having that plan, and getting them to focus on the future was really important. And not just for them, but also for the parents, because the parents all sat outside and watched, and they watched us building these new stunts and starting to hit them right away. And I'm, we're solving a problem, we're hitting new stunts, and the parents are like, oh, that actually looked doable. That looked good. Like, okay, I see where we're going. Because we have a month to get ready for our next World's bid event, and that's really our next event. So. We are, you know, single-mindedly focused on making those corrections and getting things where they need to be. So having that opportunity to give a plan to them. Now, if you don't have that option, you don't have the ability to practice where you're at, then that plan can be communicated via a text message or it can be communicated via a live video or it can be communicated via a voice memo to your team or going through uh, you know, a slow-mo, Coach's Eye, I know Coach's Eye doesn't really exist anymore, review where you're highlighting things and talking through things and sending that to the, your athletes. There's a number of ways that you can kind of go through those things and give them your plan if you cannot actually practice in the moment and you don't have that opportunity. We were just fortunate enough to have that opportunity, and I felt like it was too awesome to not take advantage of it. They were already in uniforms and full cheer gear, so we could go and practice really quick. And I'm talking, it took us 15 minutes of work. That's all we were doing. Number two is to find the good things from a bad experience. And I know that is really hard to do in the moment, uh, and it, it takes time to let the good supersede the bad. Okay, because I I went to AccuScore and got told, yeah, no, your understanding is wrong, and we scored you wrong on day one, like they flat out said. And he's right, like Nick is is great to work with. We have gone head to head a couple times in AccuScore. Sometimes he agrees with me, sometimes he doesn't, but we're always very respectful with one another. And you know, he was like, what I would tell you is, you got away with one on day one. And based off of the understanding of the score sheet, we, we did get away with one on day one. Would I love to have my one point of uh, stunt difficulty back? I, I would, because for my pride, their score would be higher. But would it have changed our place? Maybe. I haven't even looked at the overall scores. Would it have changed us getting a bid? No. So did it really matter? Not really, in terms of getting that point back. But what did matter and what the good is is i now know the absolute positive answer and i now can make the changes that i need to make to set my team up for success and i would way rather know now than continue to do it wrong moving forward or have an incorrect uh, mental state about what i could and couldn't do to hedge my bets and ensure i you know get my baseline stunt difficulty and then go into an event where we are closer to getting a bid, and then shoot ourselves in the foot because I didn't understand it and I was told incorrectly previously. Because saying, well, I was told incorrectly, it doesn't change the fact that it was wrong. And this happens all the time with safety deductions too. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who go, well, we've done it like it all season, and then they get the deduction at Worlds, or they get the deduction at Summit, and they go, well, did you submit it to USASF? Do you have the the legal ruling or to the open rulings? Um, did you submit it? And they go, well, no, we've just we've never gotten deducted for it. And they go, well, that doesn't matter. Like just because you've done it before, that just means you got away with it. And so the good is now I know. And heading into an event that is our most one of our more probable events to even get a paid bid at um, over this event. You know, we have a really good opportunity to get a pay bid and definitely we should be able to get an at large if we hit solid routines and we score correctly. So this is actually setting us up for that success because now we know. And so I'm finding that good in the moment. On top of that, there is good in struggle. Teams that have strife and have challenges work harder. Uh, I mentioned, I think on my last episode, or maybe I've just talked about it in our Facebook groups, But our first competition, my level four team kind of pulled out a miracle. They wouldn't tell you that, but they pulled out a miracle and they pretty much hit their routine. They did technically have two stunt drops in the routine. They had one on day two that was like questionable. It was literally the end of the routine. They hit their last pose in their pyramid and then a stunt came down quickly and her foot touched the ground and they called that a major building fall. Or no, they just called it a stunt drop, sorry. And we ended up taking home an at-large summit bid from that which is super exciting, except I have not had of a team of 30 more than 18 kids at practice since we got our summit bid. And we have an event as soon as we come back from our Christmas break, which our holiday break, which starts uh, in one week. So my level four team is getting ready to not look good two weeks after they get back from break because they aren't taking it seriously and they aren't doing what they need to do. So there is advantages in not being as successful because after you achieve something that you've been working for, there's that feeling of like, now I can relax, right? This is just like someone who has been on a diet and they've done, you know, they set their, this is my diet, this is my goal, I'm gonna lose X amount of pounds. And then they go, okay, diet's over. And what do they do? They binge, they go hard, they eat all the pizza and all the ice cream and all the cake and they eat all the things and they they, like, just go completely backwards on what they were accomplishing. And the same thing is really easy to happen mentally as an athlete is, okay, we got our bid, boom, we can relax. And that's absolutely not what you want. So some of the teams that I've had that have been the most successful at end of season events struggled all year long. Now that's not all the time, but the struggle keeps you hungry. And so that's another good. I'm I'm finding the good things from the bad experience. Also, I'm learning who functions well under pressure and who doesn't. And I absolutely learned that one of my athletes is like so epically stressed out about dropping that she is inducing drops. She literally dropped the same stunt two days. Both times were 100% her errors. Uh, The first time she didn't even go for the skill, so I watered it down on day two. And then she dropped a very easy skill that she 150,000% has and it didn't need to, it literally did not need to drop, but it did, and it's because her stress and anxiety about that is so high. Well, now I know, and now I can find ways to orient the routine to set her up for success while also achieving the goals of the score sheet that we need to set up. Now, that's not me backing off, that's just, knowing that I need to give her mental toughness training and I need to set her up for more success or else it's gonna negatively impact the rest of the routine and that's not fair to her and that's not fair to the rest of the team. So that's another good thing. I also learned that another one of my flyers and some of my other athletes, they perform great under pressure. They really, really thrive in that and they will step up to the plate. So that's also good to know who is confident and, and executes better in those moments. Number three, the other thing we want to do is we want to focus on the culture, the execution, and the investment of your athletes when you return. Now I mentioned that oftentimes when you have those struggles, athletes are more invested, but really doubling down on what the culture of your team is going to be in those difficult moments is so important at these times. You want to make sure that you're really driving home what your culture is, who you are as a team, what is your identity, when it comes to how you deal with struggle. Do you quit? Do you beat up on your teammates? Or do you double down? Do you work even harder? Do you do extra practices? Do you focus on executing even better? And so come back, focus on the culture, and focus on the execution of what you're doing. Now for us, we need to make some changes, and that's okay, but otherwise we are just drilling down on how to execute better. because that was ultimately what negatively impacted us, is we didn't execute on things we were capable of doing. If we had, we would have scored well, but because we dropped skills and didn't get credit for them, then we did not execute in the way we were capable. So focusing on that culture and focusing on that execution is so critical as you come out of a rough weekend. And then lastly is the investment portion. What is it that you're demanding of the team, of the individual athletes? What are you expecting? Do you want them coming in extra? And if so, are you communicating that to them? And what is your level of investment? You as the coach are going to be driving that train. And if you as the coach are not showing a full and completely committed investment in the team's success, then the athletes are going to be less invested. You've got to show even more focus and more intensity and more investment in what you want them to do versus back off and kind of wallow in the frustration of the bad moment because it's very easy to do that. So you need to reorient and make sure you're coming in just as fired up, if not more fired up. You have better practice plans. The last thing you want to do is come in the very first practice back after a rough weekend with no plan, no direction, and no like dialed in, this is what we're going to do. Come in over the top intense. It's easy to scale back. It's harder to scale up. And they're going to read off of you and follow your lead. So take that opportunity to come back and show them that you are the one driving this train, you clearly know what to do and how to execute it. So this is a really challenging time of year. One, if you're competing in November and December, it's rough, like no one is truly ready at this point in time, and to some extent, uh, or the vast majority of people are not truly ready at this point, and to some extent, most teams are kind of rolling the dice on if they're gonna have a great weekend or not, and they maybe have one good day and another good, not good day, so it can, it can definitely vary. One of the best things you can do in these challenging times is surround yourself with like-minded people experiencing similar things. If it was not for some of the friends that I have in the cheer world that I could text and call and kind of commiserate with and vent to and get ideas from, I would struggle even more in these moments. Like to be able to call Shelly and just kind of vent to her and, or be able to call my friend Kelly and text her and get ideas from her, uh, or call my friend Hecker from Connect and just you know commiserate and talk worlds and how tough it is. To be able to do all of those things is so beneficial. So what I would suggest is come to our conference in Las Vegas and meet like-minded coaches. It's going to expand your network immediately. You're going to meet new people. You're going to have new resources of people you can reach out to. Even if you decide not to join the Academy, which I can't imagine why you wouldn't. But let's say you go to a conference and you're like, nope, I'm good. I got everything I needed from this. You're going to meet like-minded people. You're going to meet other coaches. You're going to meet great presenters who are going to be there for you throughout your season and answer questions and be that person to be a sounding board for you in those moments. So expand your network and surround yourself with like-minded people. And the best opportunity to do that right now is to go to our conference, January 7th and 8th in Las Vegas. It's going to be amazing. And I want to see you there. To get registered, the link is in the show description. I have some amazing friends and athletes that I've coached or who are coaches that I work with through dream camps or other things who coach or have cheered on world championship programs. They've won worlds as athletes, they've won worlds as coaches, and they've done it multiple times. And across the board, the thing that they will maintain is that the majority of them will say that they learn more from the years that they lost than they did in the years that they won.
1: And I think that is such
0: a a critical and important thing to remember is that those moments of loss are oftentimes more impactful than the wins. The wins are the years that you see the most turnover. The wins are the years that they tend to struggle with culture after a winning year. Uh, It becomes a little bit harder. A lot of people leave. They've kind of accomplished their goal. So losses are not the end of the world. How you handle it is going to dictate whether or not those hard moments uh, break you or they make you stronger, right? That old, totally cheesy adage of like, diamonds are formed under pressure. But it's so true, there is no growth without struggle. You need that struggle, you need that challenge, right? The other cheesy one is like, you know, a tree that, it lives in an area where there's no wind, that experiment of like no wind on the tree, the trees end up toppling over when they get to a certain height because their root structure isn't deep enough because you need the wind and you need that challenge, you need that struggle for your roots to grow deep and you to be firmly rooted in what you are. So we are just like that, we need that struggle and our teams are like that too, they need that struggle, they need that challenge, otherwise the roots will not grow deep. If you're in a hard spot at the moment, like leaving this podcast, if you're in a hard spot, and you've had a rough competition weekend or you're struggling with the score sheet or you're struggling with your team culture or you're just you just need someone to talk to please reach out to me send me an email i responded to all the emails i got uh, after the uh, yesterday i felt like quitting episode i responded to messages like please reach out to me i'm here for you find me on facebook you can shoot me a facebook message it's just dan cotton it's a bald guy I'm wearing a suit jacket Uh, the other one way to reach me would be email me. It's Dan at nextgenowners.com. I I'm here to support you. I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to listen. I'll give you advice. If you wanted my advice on the score sheet, I think I I really, really know it now. I had one little thing I needed to get clarified and I think I have a very good understanding of it at the moment. So feel free to reach out to me. Let me know how things are going. I want to be here to support you. I want to be here to help you. You can always reach out to me. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. I'm sorry I'm a little congested. The Vegas, like, smoke and everything gets to me. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you're looking for another great podcast, make sure you check out the Let's Talk to Your Podcast with Jason markets It's amazing stuff. Great podcast. Great interviews. Uh, absolutely worth the listen. He's on YouTube. He's on all of your major uh, podcast apps, even as a Patreon if you want to support him, uh, in his efforts to get more equipment, host more people and do all that stuff. So, uh, thank you for listening. And lastly, for the hundredth time, get registered for a conference. I want to see you there. It's going to be an amazing one. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the next generation gym owners, people and profits podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.